Here comes Melvin to the 25, to the 20, Gordon 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Wisconsin, record-breaking run, Melvin Gordon, 4-0-8. And while there are a lot of fantastic places all across our country to spend a fall weekend, if you were to ask me today if Madison, Wisconsin is the best of all of them, I would borrow from Bono and say, it was Saturday night. Sideline the front court. Snaps off another three. Booked it. Oh, my goodness. Don't wake him up. Taylor's on fire. Welcome to the Bucky Cast, a Badgers podcast by the fans, for the fans, and with the fans, where we will always turn our backs on Minnesota, where we will always appreciate that six foot four, 330-pound pulling guard, and where a 42-40 defensive slugfest in the Cole Center is not ugly. It's a defensive masterpiece in our eyes. Wherever you came from and however you found us, we hope you enjoy your stay and on Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Bucky Cast. Justin here with Ryan. We are going to dive into the Greg Gard saga. Ryan, give us a little bit of a rundown on what we've heard regarding uh, Greg Gard coming out on Tuesday here. Okay, so... This is a weird one, and this this was kind of a bombshell type thing. Um, what happened was last year, which was obviously a struggle for a, a senior-laden Wisconsin team, the basketball team underperformed by any stretch of, of expectation. In the middle of the season, um, there was a, a player-coach meeting, which had the um, three assistant coaches, Greg Gard, the head coach, and all the seniors, uh, a total of seven players. And this meeting was intended to uh, clear the air. The, the Some of the seniors had some issues with Greg Gard, and this was kind of just a, a player-coach private meeting. And these things happen, by the way, at every program. Um, they happen in the corporate world, too. Like this, this by itself is not super unusual. What happened that's unusual is a recording of this meeting was released, an edited recording of this meeting was released um, anonymously just on Tuesday. So a 37-minute clip of this recording was released. The, the meeting itself was two hours, which means you're missing most of the meeting is in, in this audio recording. This audio recording was sent to um, the Madison Journal, a couple of newspapers. And in this recording, the seniors basically take turns addressing coach guard and really, really laying it out there. And the gist of their, their complaints, if I could sum it up was they didn't feel coach guard had their back. Um, they felt like he blamed them a little too much instead of taking some of the ownership himself. And they frankly thought there was no relationship there and that Greg Gard was almost using them um, either to build his resume or just using them as basketball players without having any any vested interest in in them as student athletes, as players. Um, it's, a, it's a damaging report for sure. Again, it's, it's an edited version of the meeting. The, the, the responses from Greg Gard aren't there which I think is problematic. Any conclusions they came to or any solutions they came to aren't in this recording, which I also think is problematic. But that's kind of the gist of it. Um, the seniors basically laid it out there. They were very unhappy. If you had the chance to to listen to the audio, I can tell you right now, they they were not thrilled with it. Going as far as saying they wouldn't, a couple of players saying they wouldn't recommend sending their son or even other recruits to the program based on the experiences that they had. And that's kind of the gist of it. So um, initial reactions, um, Justin, I'm going to kick it over to you. Just kind of what were your initial thoughts on this and um, where do we go from here? 
Well, first things first, I do want to get out in front and say flat out, uh, it's it's come out that it sounds like this was not a player that released this. Um, without naming names, it does sound like there may have been a former employee that had an axe to grind that that released this. My biggest problem with this from just flat out before we dive into what the, the content was is simply this. The fact that you reduce this to remove all of Greg Gard's responses to it is problematic for whoever's trying to to throw this axe to grind out because it's like you're literally trying to shape this into just being a bunch of people complaining about this person. And you're not really giving them a voice in it, which to me is kind of ridiculous. You're getting one side of an argument. That's all it is. We're not getting any feel for this whatsoever of what the actual content of the meeting was other than you just trying to bash on this guy. That's that's all it is. You're, you're trying to attack and hurt Greg Gard as much as you possibly could. Now, I will say this from the standpoint of the players. It was a very frustrating season last year with a lot of things, factors that played into it that are not part of a normal season. I think from a support standpoint, and you and I have kind of discussed this offline a little bit about how we review this. Like I, I, you and I both play sports. I'm assuming you played all the way. Did you play through college or do you play up to college? Okay. I played through high school too. I played basketball. I played baseball. I played football and I never once had a super close relationship with any of my coaches. Now there's something to be said for the fact that it is different in college sports because you're not near your support structure. Your support structure in college is effectively your teammates, your friends, and that coaching staff, you know, if you're going through tough things with with the team. Because your family, in a lot of these kids' cases, is not nearby. So there is a little bit more of a requirement there to be closer to those players and to try to, try to kind of be that support to them. That being said, I do think there's something to be said that it – you the expectation there like that's that's a best case scenario i don't know how consistent that is across college sports like and i brought the argument up when this was originally announced saying if you think that you know nick saban or bill belichick as coaches are sitting there you know buddying up to their players they're just not they run as dictators It's basketball is obviously different than football because there's a number of players that are associated with it, but there are even coaches in, in the basketball realm that run that way where my job is to get you to the next level. If that's what you're looking to, and you have the talent to do so. And that's where it begins and ends. I'll give you an outlet to get to that opportunity. And beyond that, you know, I'm here to make you better. I'm not here to be your best friend and whatever. And I think the best way to do that is honestly to be kind of a balance there, ideally. But I don't know how, you know, realistic that is in the coaching room because it's a really hard line there to be somebody who can be maintain that respect and authority while also trying to be friendly. Uh, yeah, I, I'd jump in and say, whew, let me start by saying, whoo, um, because <laughs> I agree with a lot of what you said. This hurt my heart. Like when I read it, it really did. Um, I I've been able, I've been lucky enough to coach a little bit in my past. I coached at the college level a little bit. Um, not at a high level. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but just having been in relationships with players, um, 
to hear players say that about a, a coach, it, it really like it hurts my heart because one of the best pieces of advice I got from a head coach I was working for, he said, "Listen, you need to be you need to be friendly, but not friends." And I I don't think this is about a, a coach needing to be friends with players, like because I, I don't think that's the the right answer. To no, I don't with. think so either. But I do think players have to feel like you have their they interest you. in heart, not just on the basketball court. Like in the era we're in, um, where players have more more visibility and and more um, more power than ever, and I think a lot of that's a good thing. I don't I don't mean that in a bad way. If if your head coach can't connect with players, I don't think you can be successful at the college level. Period. Oh, I would and, agree with that too, one hundred percent. And if guard is struggling to this level, like the the comments from these players, man. And it's, it's one thing if like, it's a Kobe, let's say, let's just bring up Kobe King. Right. And he had issues and he left. And if it's, if it's a one-off, it's a one-off when seven seniors get together, seven seniors get together and say, you don't have a relationship with us. I mean, one of the most telling ones, I think it was Walt McGorry. And by the way, I had some Wisconsin fans to say, well, who cares? He's a walk-on. Nobody at Wisconsin should be. I mean, if any program's going to be like uh, talking walk-ons, like Wisconsin is a walk-on program, even at the basketball level, like it, it matters. Like I, I don't care if he's well, a walk-on. Here's, here's my perspective on it. When it comes to that is you're a player, period. you're a player, period. Like, like I don't care a walk-on or whatever. If you're, if you're a good coach, you can, it shouldn't matter. It, and that's the thing. Like you're I just a player. If the guy's on the team, like he's on the team period. I don't care if he's a walk on yeah, or not. Exactly. So, so his opinion is valid is, is my overall point. Um, McGorry said essentially, and these, these, this, this story's out there. It's been posted. He said, like, I can't hold a conversation with you. Like I avoid talking to you. I mean, that, that is, that is not a good culture and culture starts at the top. And again, this is, I've had coached, I've coached a lot of players where I'm not their friend, but like I, I, bust my butt for them and they know it like they they know i care about them in terms of i want the best for them it's not just about basketball and these comments make it seem oh by the way really quick too the other thing i wanted to bring up is there's a lot of smoke with this program since guard took over like it's kobe king it's players potentially transferring it's players complaining it's it's you know lauren bowman leaving for a year and coming back like I, he had family stuff but like well- to no, but, but listen, one, we don't know. We don't um, know, but I'm saying when you connect thing. all these dots, right? There's a lot of dots here that have formed up. Like there were there yeah, were players part, this yeah. offseason who who were highly re- regarded. We'll just say guys like Ben Carlson, who were apparently pretty frustrated with the, this coaching staff. Johnny Davis. Like these these rumors are out there. These the smoke's out there. Eventually, like this culture might be a problem. And guard is a guy in charge as the head coach of building culture. So this is a big deal. To give a perspective on this, and I, I want to get your idea and your thoughts on this. Do you think that there was a little bit of a disconnect just from both sides where it was kind of like his frustration had boiled over with what his expectations were from them as players and them not listen, feeling like they had checked out or not listen, were, were not listening to what he was trying to get from them? And so he kind of checked out a little bit and was like, you guys aren't listening to me anyways, so... You know, you know how it is. You've been if anyone who's been in a workplace environment, you have that coworker who you're trying to see eye to eye with and you just can't you're butting heads. Um, you try to remain professional and it's just not working. And that's kind of what this feels like to an extent. Now, I'm not going to say that this is a long term problem for him because I think that every class is different, but it is something that can fester and can definitely become a problem if you do, if you're not self-aware enough to 
to take a look at yourself and the situation and say, what am I doing here? What is my role in this? And how am I affecting things? Well, I'll say this. You know? I'll, I'll say uh, two, two big things I want, I want to lead off with. And you, you kind of covered one of them for sure. Um, we don't, it was reported like uh, if you, if you go to there and read, read the, the article in madison.com, it, it was reported how Greg Gard handled the response to this, which if that's how he did it, it was really classy. He basically told the guys, listen, um, I'm sorry, this is my fault. It's not your fault. You know, again, that part was cut out of the audio recording because someone, whether or not this is, is really valid or not, someone yeah. made a point to harm. Greg Regardless of, of whether there's an issue here or right. not, this was, somebody this was had an extra grind and this is clearly yeah. a, this was a targeted move against Greg guard by somebody. Um, exactly. It's the only reason somebody trying to get him out. It's the only reason you would release an edited video or edited audio clip with no response for Greg guard. So clearly they cut out a bunch of stuff and, and they probably, and they probably cut out a bunch of stuff that Greg guard came back with and said, you know, Hey, my bad, I got to do better. Right. Okay. So I want to be very clear on that. We don't know because it wasn't in the clip. What Greg guard said. I also want to be very clear on this. Never should have been released in the in the the, the freaking beginning. This is well, such, this isn't fair to the players is, at all. Well, it's an, regardless it's of Greg Gard. Well, the, not even the players. Like it's unfair to everybody. Like this is unfair to the program. It's unfair to the coaches. It's unfair to the players. It, it like, is, but you, as an as an adult who has accountability, like I feel like Greg Gard is somebody who who can handle this. No, he can but handle it. But this is not the see see. I even that I disagree with. Like if you go into a locker room. Or I'll take it even one more. Forget a locker room for a second. Like I've had issues at work, you know, professional issues where I got to mm-hmm. sit down with somebody, whether I've, I've misstepped or they've misstepped, whatever it is, I have to sit down and I have a face-to-face with yeah, them. And You want the trust. And what I say in there, what they say in there, that doesn't get out. You know, we mm-hmm. hash something out as adults and we figure it out. And that's what this was. And it's not even, people say the locker room sacred. I'll tell you this, when you sit down with somebody face-to-face to hash something out, that should always be sacred. So oh, yeah. for this to get released is complete BS. It's, it's chicken crap, you know, um, but that being said, now that I, I've put that out there, that doesn't mean that these criticisms aren't fair and they're not warranted. And Grey Garden oh, needs to adjust. Like this, here, here's another one for you. And this is something I was thinking about. What what do coaches tell the parents of recruits when they recruit them? Kids coming I'm from gonna Florida. I'm going to take care of your kid. I'm going to take care of your kid. This is going to be their family mm-hmm. away from family. Like this is about more than basketball. Like we care about the kid, the person. Every one of these quotes from these seniors contradicts that. Period. You, you can't get around that. Oh yeah. So guard needs to adjust. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's as simple as that, in my opinion. The the issues that I come to when we look at this to an extent from a basketball standpoint, and there's there's been some kicking back from former players and stuff like that, saying that they you know these guys are soft, or whatever, and stuff like that. Whether that's the case or not, I don't care what's happening on the floor. These players deserve the right to air the grievances of whatever they feel towards their coach without having to have this be made public or whatever, and even to have it handled fine. I get it. It's not, I mean, I can't speak for, for the players. My view on sports is always like my coaches, like I've gotten in fight with coaches before. I don't know if you ever have, like sometimes things get heated. You know, sometimes you don't agree with the way things are going. And it's I'm, it's never festered for me because I my view on it has always been, I'm going to be blunt with you and I'm going to be flat and we'll get over it and deal with it and move forward. Um, but I think that, and that very well may be part of the problem here. Maybe it, it festered because nobody spoke up and these became problems because nothing was said and these guys got frustrated and we're talking about it behind closed doors, but weren't going to the coaches with it. 
So it's really hard to dive into this and, and reflect on these players at all without knowing how the situation played out. So, well, we can agree that I think that guard is probably fairly strict and tough in terms of what he expects. And Bo Ryan definitely was like, he was very drill sergeantist. I mean, Decker knows more than anybody who, and he commented on this situation. You know, he, he's, he's had the shortest leash in Wisconsin's oh, yeah. basketball history. Decker, Decker, a first round lottery pick was yanked all the time for, for a turnover or for a three oh, yeah. shot all the time. Was, he was somebody, yanked. I saw somebody reference that as a sophomore, by the time he was a sophomore, if he took a bad shot and missed, oh, yeah. he would turn and walk to the bench oh, absolutely. before the whistle even blew. Bo Ryan had no patience <laughs> for that. And I want to be super clear. Like I am not against, um, harsh tough love. tough love at all like i think it's super important actually um you can you can have that and still instill a sense of trust in your players oh, that yeah. you have their back you can you can be you can give tough love yeah. and not be dismissive it, it doesn't again it doesn't mean like here here's here's where i want to push back a little bit with the criticism i saw of some of these players from from people like decker um and from other other fans as well like i don't see these players saying gray guard's not my friend Oh, I'm so upset. Greg Guard's not my buddy, or I'm so upset. Greg Guard doesn't hug me after practice, or he doesn't play me more. I see these players saying, "We don't know if you trust us. We don't yeah. know if you have our back." Well, and I think that's, that's the that's problem. Something, as a coach, it's much like a teacher. You have to know the appropriate way to interact with each player. Some guys need you to build them up. Some guys need you to be harsh. And I think what I'm getting from this, my sense is, is that we had a group of guys who really needed the, Hey, you can do this. You're capable. I've seen you do it before in practice, all the stuff. These guys needed somebody to feel like somebody believed in them. And every group is different from that. Some guys have that inner confidence where they're just inner driven and they don't doubt themselves and they just go out and do things. Decker was one of those guys. You know, I think Kaminsky was one of those guys. Once he, once he got his feet wet and realized, Hey, I can do this. He was locked in. He was very mentally tough. But I think Bo Ryan was different. Like, I think that's that's part of this, too, is when I hear this is why I, well, I hesitate. He had how many years of coaching in, too? I mean, guard is oh, a absolutely. as a head absolutely. coach. Absolutely. Um, but this is why I hesitate a little bit when former players say, you got to toughen up and this and that. You wouldn't have lasted under Bo. Well, you, maybe you wouldn't have loved playing under great guard, Sam Decker. Like, I'm, all I'm saying is you don't know what he's like as a head coach. Like, he had him Bo as an had assistant. figured out what buttons to push on Bo, what guys. Bo had a lot of experience figuring out how to do the tough love, pull you out. But I think there was probably – he had a balance to it probably if you if you oh, really yeah. examined it. I well, don't it's, know. Like, it's like when you're talking to your child. You reprimand them when they do something bad. You will. And then after that, you kind of come back and be like, hey, I know I was rough on you. you but know, I'm, I'm not talking I'm you doing down. This for your own good. I'm talking you up. Like there, there's a – I'm, I'm telling you again, like, and some of this is just me having worked with a lot of kids and worked with a lot of mm-hmm. kids who needed like tough love. And, um, that relationship is so important, man. And I, I don't think it matters if it's college or high school, it's so important and you have to have mm-hmm. the trust. You just have oh, to sure. have the trust. And that doesn't mean they even have to like you at all, but they got to at least trust that you are doing what you think is in the best interest of them. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and this next group, I know a lot of us have very high hopes for what, what the incoming kids are going to do. He needs to let them loose and they need to feel like they can play loose because there is a lot of talent. This is going to be the most athletic group of players Wisconsin has had since 2015. So let me ask you a question here. Does this, does this turn the heat up on gray guard seat at all? Or is this a non-factor when it comes to that? Oh, um, I think 
what's going to turn the heat up on Greg Gard in general is going to be results on the court. Unless he does something, unless he pulls something like, uh, who is the football coach at Texas Tech who had his player go stand in a leech? You do something like that where you're playing, potentially putting a player's health at risk. That's the type of thing that gets you tossed. Um, I think there's going to be a talk. This there's legitimately going to be discussions here with guard saying, "Hey, you need to clean this up." And this is one of those things where where his seat gets hot is if they go into a season and they start out five and five or two and eight kind of thing, and it's like, "Hey, you know, we've had these concerns from the other stuff." Now you're looking terrible on the court. Now we need you to to get this together and prove that there's going to be growth. I don't think this season it, it factors this season, but guard is guard is coming to his crossroads as a coach, where he kind of decides: Am I going to be a great coach or am I going to be a mediocre coach? Well, it's going to be: Am I going to be a, a good to great coach or am I going to be unemployed? Yeah, because Wisconsin's yeah. not going to. He'll he'll get another chance somewhere else. I, I don't, don't know where. I don't Whether know if he division would. Division three if, or whatever. Oh, he'll find another place three, to coach. Like if he strikes out with, at Wisconsin with the culture that was built here and he has this thing where the players don't trust him, it might be hard sledding for him if it doesn't work here is what he I would say. He could end up in the Sun Belt or Mac or whatever. He won't, like, get, another I mean, he'll find an he won't get another D1 job. I promise you that mm. if he flames out here. With this on his record as players not trusting him, mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. Unless there's a program that's looking to find somebody that can kind of clean up their program. Mm-mm. I don't think possibly. I don't think at the D one level, like maybe he'll settle down into Juco. Oh man, we've too. seen a lot of coaches get recycled. A lot of coaches that have. Oh, yeah, What's maybe. his name? Uh, Who was the guy? Who was at Iowa that uh, bounced around and ended up UCLA, um, Indiana, Alford. Like they kept giving him jobs when he was terrible. He never had a players' meeting leak out where the players said they hate him and they yeah, don't trust him. He had him. some stuff like this, like not to this level, but he had similar some similar things. Maybe. All right. Um. I think that that probably mostly wraps up our guard talk. It's a weird, it's very interesting. And oh, by the way, I just wanted to to point out, Greg Guard did uh, come out and he did an interview to address this. He mentioned that his biggest disappointment was that it was recorded and it was released. That this should have been a sacred kind of a, you know, obviously a conversation a conversation that stayed within this group of people. So he, I thought, I thought he did well addressing it, saying this is about the kids. They they had stuff they need to get off their chest. I respect that. Um, this never should have gotten out. But this is a bad look for him. It really is. It doesn't mean it's the it's the last look for him. But I think no, he needs. To I mean, it. this is a growth opportunity as a coach for him. Mm-hmm. Like you could you can really turn this around and use this as ammo to kind of get yourself the right state of mind to understand who you need to be as a person as a coach, and grow from it. Um, we'll that see. being said, we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna we'll be see. A, it's gonna be a f. It's gonna be a really I almost just swore. It's gonna be a very interesting. <laughs> basketball season with the youth it will with be great guard with this situation with oh by the way here's here's a great way to finish this up we talked many many moons ago in the the early cycles of the bucky cast podcast about how many seniors would come back right they had this big senior class and everyone was <laughs> right everyone was granted uh clemency everyone could come back and we all thought two or three probably one came back this i don't think at the time we connected all the dots right like this has something to do with that. Well, for sure. I, I don't think that there's any, that's 100%. Now I think a lot of us were okay with that. Um, we wanted one of the big men back. I know we wanted Potter. We, we would have taken Potter back. 
Absolutely. Yeah, oh, sure. by the way, like this continues going on. Now, now you get into Potter was kind of critical of the program as well. Right. I don't think he has a right to be. Like I I'm think just that saying, he, the, though, like the it, the more you stack up here, the more players seem to be a little disgruntled with how Grey Guard handled this. Well, I think there's something to be said for the way he runs offense, but for Potter as a whole, it's like you got your reps. It's not like you had a shortage of shots and stuff like that. What didn't keep you on the floor was your conditioning and your inability to defend at a high level. Like you would have played more minutes if you were able to stay out of foul trouble and you were able to, you know, be an asset on that end of the floor. He could have easily have been a guy who was averaging 17 points a game in the big time. I, so I, that talent level. I agree with you defensively. He had a lot of issues. I will say this as bad as Reavers is, or, or not is as bad as Reavers was last year is a better way to put it. Cause I don't think he's as bad as that. As bad as he was last year, Potter should have played more. He should have. I said it at the I, time I too. This, is, this isn't revisionist history. I said that at with the time. Potter, there's gotta be a conditioning issue or I don't something. Think it was conditioning. There I just think that he and, never played like 30 plus minutes though. But I wonder if that's, that's guard again. If I don't know, I look back at that and I just feel like Potter should have played more. Reavers should have played less. Um, but this is that's trusted Reavers more. I think so. And, and, and he'd been in this getting system. over the fact that I think so. he'd that been a Reavers starter the year before. The player that he was the year before. And he just, Reavers had this magical disappearing act. It was like Houdini. He just disappeared as senior. His confidence season. was shot. Oh my that's, God. That's the only thing I can take away from it is his confidence was shot as a player. And again, you, you wonder don't, you how don't much. You regress that much without there being some, some mental issue how much, and this goes to your point of reading the room. You wonder how much guard just misread him and the team. That could like, be for sure. Some people, and here's a great example of this, and I'm going to give you a Phoenix Suns example. Um, as we, as we go out the door, Monty Williams is the Phoenix Suns coach. Deandre Ayton is their young big man. He mm-hmm. is, he's a baby. Like he needs to be built oh. up. Like he's oh, not definitely. a guy you can crush. So, that's what Monty Williams does. Like, I think Reavers probably needed a dude to build him up a little bit and not crush him. And I don't, to your point, I don't think guard read the room. And I think it probably just festered. It got worse and worse and worse. Well, I think what part of it is, is he realized he, all, all these guys were upperclassmen and he's like, you, you, you should kind of get it by now. You've had, you've had the battles. Well, I don't want to put it on the players though, in terms of, no, they no, didn't I'm, get not. It. I'm just saying like, I think part of that misreading is like, you make assumptions. As a coach, like these guys have been through the battles, they've kind of done it already, so they should get it. And so you're just assuming things that you probably maybe shouldn't assume. I don't know if that's the case though. Like Trice talked about, I've been here, you know, five years, and we we don't have a relationship. So it it almost sounds like from the beginning, guard guard kind of failed at developing. Once you got in the door, then I got you. It feels like it. It feels like kind of when you listen to these guys talk. I mean, Aleem Ford basically said the only time I succeeded is when I didn't listen to you. Like, I'm just, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is like, I think there's, I think there's a balance in this. Like, I think the players have some accountability here and the, the coach does coaches do as well, but it doesn't sound to me like a situation where guard just said, Hey, you guys are seniors. You should get it. It sounds like a situation that's been festering for a couple of years where guard just hasn't, hasn't in the play, at least in the player's eyes, which matters, hasn't had their backs. I don't think that he said that to them. I think that in his head that he had this, like. I don't need to baby you now anymore because you you've been here for three or four years. You understand what we're trying to do. And that maybe not be the way that you want to handle people because everybody, there are people that have unlimited confidence. Like there's, you've, we, we've all seen those NBA players that like they have the irrational confidence as Bill Simmons calls it, where they go out there and they start just cranking up threes and stuff like that, like crazy. And it's like, they just, yep. They just, anytime. 
And there are other guys who need that coddling a little bit to kind of be like, hey, you got this. Don't worry about it. Go out there and you can take care of it. And sometimes there are guys that are just always that guy. And they just need that coach to kind of be like, hey, you can handle this. And I, I think that that is a part of the issue here is that these guys didn't get that growth and feel like he was, you know, believing in them that they could do things. Yeah. And it was just, you know, they always felt like he was killing them. I could see that. And well, I'll, I'll give you the last one that I'll, I'll leave you on. Um, and then I want to give you a question. Um, I just, again, reading their quotes, they seem to have an issue with the fact that he wasn't taking accountability. You know, he was, he was crushing the players when they didn't do something, but it didn't sound like the players thought he was taking any accountability for game planning for, for the offense, for, his role in it. I, there was something about not giving them plays to review and stuff like that. I yeah, it just remember. sounded like there was an accountability thing. Um, here, Here's a question for you on the way out here, because I, we got to wrap this up pretty soon. We're about an hour and a half in now. On the panic meter, 1 to 10, 10 being crazy, 1 being nothing, like is this a big deal? Or is this something that in a couple months is going to be kind of swept under the rug and, and we're not talking about anymore? It's going to all depend on the season. Okay. It's it's results will drive how how this is viewed in the press. So let me let me if, expand on that one second. Then let's say the season's terrible. Is it going to be? There's a solid chance that he's out the door. Is it going to? Is this going to be a continuation of that? Then they're going to say, look at the the off season turmoil. The players they don't will, trust them. This is how the press works in America now. If there's something that they they feel like they can grab onto and use as a a point to make consistently, it's all going to be attached to this. They, it's all going to like, they'll make the new comment about what's happened. And they're going to be like, we all recall earlier in the year that this stuff happened and the recording came out and now we're still seeing it here. The team seems to be underperforming. That's just the, that is going to be the way that this is viewed going forward. I think this is going to be the only way that he wins here is if this team is a young team and kills it. And it's, it's possible. I'm telling you. I, I mean, what what do you think is this team killing it this year? No, oh, like eighteen and ten. If this, oh my goodness, if this team, if I'm this, saying killing it. I'm saying not. I'm not saying what is the expectation of the season. What's a good season for them? They have, um, and the and the now distractions they have. Because by the way, this is going to be brought up at every interview, every ESPN mm-hmm. broadcast, every ABC or CBS broadcast. Like they're going to talk about the interview Greg Gard had, and this is going to be a talking point the entire year. Like the players are going to get asked about this, whether or not they answer it. Um, if they went eight, well, it could be 10, that could go two ways though. That could that could bring them together as a group, uh, or it could drive them apart. it's going to bring them together if guard changes a little bit, and yeah. it remains to be seen. If, if you feel like he's um, got their back, then yeah, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, if they have a, a good year, this will mostly get swept under the rug, but even then, this is going to be there for a while, and this has the potential to fester if, if they have a mediocre to bad year. If they have a mediocre to bad year, I think he's gone. I could see I th- it. I think they'll just wash their hands of it and be like, well, you don't have enough equity built here for us to hold on to you. And we feel like what you brought in recruiting wise would be a good base for somebody who's coming in, provided we can hold the group together. Yep. I can see it. The only down, the only way I say that that's potentially not going to happen is the fact that Macintosh is in brand new um, athletic department department head and it's athletic director that's a scary that's a scary area to dive into yeah to make it to make that well he, he's got some time i mean obviously this year's gonna play out so yeah um, but making a hire in your first year is <laughs> that's an uncomfortable situation getting your feet wet hmm. 
Well, let's 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 move on from that, and then because yep. there's a, there's a lot more to discuss there as we get closer to the season. Obviously, in terms of yep. expectations, and, and definitely something we'll have to touch back on. Yeah. That being said, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Once again, check us out on Twitter at the Buckycast and on Gmail, thebuckycast at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Later, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Buckycast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time on Wisconsin.